everybody to the Ballers Edition podcast. It's May 25th, 2022. Currently watching the Miami Heat Boston Celtics game. Currently, the series is tied up at 2 2. Miami's currently leading right now, 36 32 in the second quarter. And my man Baller was just telling me some interesting thoughts on, on what he thinks these playoffs are like right now in the conference finals. You want to dive into that a little bit? I think the fans would like your interesting take. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking the same way that I'm thinking, which is that it's been a big letdown and that it's been very, just very weird. You know, like the games are not going the way you would expect, especially with Boston and Miami. Like, they're both defensive teams. So you would assume that at the very least the defense would show up. (laughs) And that the games would be more close. Like you have teams that are supposedly the one and the two seed in the East playing each other. And why every game is a blowout is beyond me. It's, it's, it's just, you know, yeah. it's been really, really boring to watch. Like I, I've almost checked out to be honest. Like I don't even really care for it. I'm not, I don't know. It's sad because I was really looking forward to it. I thought this was going to be one of the better series that we were going to see. And it's not been that. Yeah, it's not so. a norm- yeah. It doesn't feel like a normal conference finals type of scenario. You know what I mean? It 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 feels weird that these games are yeah. being decided pretty much in the first quarter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, especially in my opinion, because everybody's relying on their jump shot to win the game. It's the game. You know what I mean? Like it's not like like you could come on to the first quarter and not make any shots, but you can grind your way back into a game defensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could scrap your way to a win and to making this thing close, but it almost feels like guys are just like, ah, it just wasn't my night, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's kind of what we're chalking it up to now. Yeah. It does kind of feel like that. Um, like I was saying to you just before we went live on air about how I feel sometimes at the NBA, the, the things that happen surround the game off the court sometimes are more interesting than things that take place on the court. You know, you're you're more wrapped up in the personality, um, some of the off-court nonsense that takes place, some of the rumor mill talks, the trade market, the NBA draft that's coming up. You start to think about that kind of stuff. That intrigue of the game is, is more intriguing than the actual players playing. Because again, like it does feel so lopsided at times that you're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. kind of want to see, like, you know what? Like, there's, there's something about watching like a game go down to the wire. And I think you were alluding to the fact that the, the first round series is the way they were playing out. You were having some battles going back and forth to the end of the games where we watched some game winners take place, which made the game yeah. exciting. Some back and forth, close games. And you didn't know who was going to pull it out. You had some situations where it looked like underdog upsets in the the Pelicans versus Phoenix series, which was fun for everybody to watch. There was there was a lot of intrigue in Minnesota versus Memphis and the comebacks and things like that. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, we just I don't think we're getting that even, right now in the conference finals. Even though Brooklyn lost the Boston and Brooklyn series, you were still tuned in to watch. You know, like. Most of those games were not decided in the first quarter. They they had to play those games out, and the execution was critical to who was going to take the series. Even though Brooklyn got swept, each game for the most part was relatively close. And it's just it's 
I'll say this, you know, we, because I was thinking about our combos, and I was like, you know, I want us to really be honest with the people who listen and to almost like be those individuals that people can turn to when they want to get something that's raw and that's true. And I think, you know, me and you, we, we enjoy doing this, but I think the only way we're going to continue to enjoy doing this is if we're speaking on how we really feel, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. You know, and maybe that'll be the title of this episode. But like, you know, there is a lot of good. There are some things that I would consider bad. And then there's just some really ugly things, you know. And I, and I guess that's what I wanted to kind of dive in with you and, and pull your opinions on. Like, what have you seen or what are you looking at now that you would say is, is good? What do you think has been something that's been pretty bad? And then, you know, just some ugly things that you're noticing that you think this isn't the NBA that I remember. Ooh, I mean, that's a tough series of questions, you know, like uh, if I got to, if I got to think about what, what do I see? That's good. It would probably be the, the skill level of the game, you know, just watching the player's skill evolve, like just the way they're playing, um, the, the jump shooting, the handles, the, the spacing of the game, the freedom to play, the freedom of movement, you know, the offensive side of the ball, I would say, you know, that those are some of the good things that you could look at from a fan perspective and be like, yeah, you know, I, I get why it's fun. I get why, you know, people would like to watch this. So, you know, I, I would say from the game perspective, that's probably one of the goods. The, the bad, in my opinion, is the over-reliance on three-point shooting. You know, like I, me and you have talked about this a lot where I'm saying these guys are living and dying by these threes. And it's in all these games are indicative of whoever just makes the most threes wins. That's all it is. I, I can't stress it any more. If you, if one team gets yeah. hot, then they win. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's yeah. sort of the be all and end all of it. The ugly, I would say, I would say probably the the off court the off court stuff of the game mm. there's so much emphasis on it now where like i said like in terms of the intrigue but i i watch a lot of the commentators talk about a lot of things you know what's funny <laughs> is one day one day like a guy can be praised like he's the next guy and literally yeah. one game after that he's the worst <laughs> human being to ever exist and I just yeah. I find that to be the ugliest part of the game where it's like there's if it's your guy, just ride with him. There's never any consistency. You can't have a bad day. It's mm -hmm. it's it, to me, I, I just that's the aspect I'm like, it's kinda ugly, it's kinda disgusting. I don't I don't wanna see it on a daily day basis. We could have a better conversation what surrounding this. That's what we're trying to do. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think those would be yeah. probably my three points. Yeah. You know, it's like as I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm thinking about a comparison, and it's a very unlikely comparison, and yet for some reason it feels like it's worth mentioning. And as we're talking about this, and then I'm looking at the NBA, I swear to you, I think of wrestling. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think of, because when you talk about off the court and the antics, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I, you know, 
again, for all the little kids listening, it broke my heart when I realized wrestling was fake. Yeah, I remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it broke my heart. (laughs) But I saw the pattern. I saw the pattern. You know, you throw him off the rope a couple times. He ducks. He ducks underneath, and then you they finally the hit him. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, or he puts him in a chokehold, and then the ref lifts his arm There's once, one, and it drops. Two. Then he lifts it again, and then the third time he starts shaking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he gets up, and he has all this yeah. surge of energy. Yeah. But like, but the reason I mentioned wrestling is because how does wrestling survive? It's the off the the court antics it's the out of the ring trash talking yeah it's the it's the building up of the story prior to the match yeah so that even if the match is fake you still could you still are going to watch it because you just they were talking so much that you just have to see them fight now you You know what i mean establish a good guy and a bad guy pretty much so when i'm watching the nba it's like that's what it's starting to feel like. Like you just have to create all of this extra drama through talking, whether it's the players themselves or the analysts who are doing it. And then, and it, it almost makes me cringe. Like I'll listen to certain analysts and they'll talk and then Luke is the greatest thing since, or even yeah. better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. It makes it so hard for me to root for the guy now. Yeah. Because I almost want to see him fail just to shut this guy up. So it's like, it's so hard for me to just be unbiased and just watch the game and enjoy what it is. It's like, now I'm almost just rooting against people for the sake of all the talking that people are doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that I can tune in in the morning to hear somebody give it to another guy over what their opinions were the night before, you know? And it, it is ugly to me. Yeah. It is getting to a point where it's, it's, it's reminding me a lot of wrestling, yeah. you know? And, and <laughs> that's why I felt to mention it because I'm yeah. like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not watching the games just for the skill and for the execution and for the competitive nature in the game. I'm watching it because I'm thinking of all of the background noise and all the predictions and guarantees that were made. Yeah. So that definitely for me is ugly. Yeah. And, you know, I think in my opinion, the good, the good is that the game is evolving to a point where the OGs can't cheat it. You know what I mean? Like Mm. the young players are coming and they're fast and the game is fast. So if you don't, if you don't get back on D, if you don't, help if you don't make those rotations you're getting smashed yeah you know what i mean you can't you can't get away with only rotating once yeah you know what i mean so i think that's something that's that's really good about the game and i think the warrior style of play is starting to show as a necessary thing in order to have success in today's nba as well ball movement is starting to trump individual just dribbling and doing things all on your own now yeah. because it's slower and it's taking up so much time. I'm watching Luca again. It's funny because we haven't really talked as much since the warriors have been playing the map. Yeah. 
you know? So, again, Luca's the greatest thing because of the way he dealt with Phoenix and the way Phoenix went out. Yeah. And now they're playing the Warriors, and you see the difference. You see the speed. You see the ball movement. You see the way that the Warriors are just carving them up. Whereas Dallas, any time that Luca sits with the ball for 20 minutes before he does anything, they never have a shot. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like, I've been hearing... So, the, the big commentary is how much Luca is, like, the second coming... Not of Jordan, but LeBron James. Yeah. And I almost feel like... <laughs> Uh, this is this might sound crazy, but instead of coming back from down three one, he's gonna come back from down three zero. And if he carries this team to the finals, off of that one to do something that's, I don't think it's ever been done. Impossible, no. Nah, it's one hundred and forty six and zero. I don't think it's ever been done. But if he could do this. <laughs> He, he'll be he'll go down. You know what I mean? His He's name greatest. Be, he'll his name will be etched in stone. So <laughs> so, so but I, nah, see, for real. I, I did see this uh, little infographic about him today. Um somebody did a write up and they were saying that he still really believes that, you know, they could win this thing. And I I, I believe him. <laughs> I believe him. You know what I mean? Anything is possible at this point. And so <laughs> I look at that series. I'm like, it's, it's not over. I don't think it's over. I don't, not yet, not yet, at least. So that's funny. Let's, I was, let's I, see that one I heard these out. guys. Yeah. I heard these guys talking about him, and they were like, "Is he already an all time great playoff performance?" That was the question, you know. Mm. And the argument is being made based on his numbers that he is. And then other guys are like, "Well, it's way too early to to to." put him in that kind of category like he he hasn't even been here that long he hasn't played in the playoffs that many times for you to even say all-time great even though he has good numbers it's all in the, the playoffs but it's all about the numbers for them that's kind of the point here right and it, it was funny to me but i'm like man like this is why i said this whole idea of wrestling and the good and the bad and the ugly because i'm like you're almost force-feeding the people on this idea of this guy being something that he's yet to even prove that he is yet. Like we're still watching this thing unfold and conclusions are already being made. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. But then I'm starting to understand and take a step back and say, but wait, this is still a billion dollar industry. This still is a corporate entity that has a lot of money invested and they want to see these things happen. And to be honest, I enjoy watching somebody come from the beginning and then, you know, evolve into this amazing star. But I do want to see it happen naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want you to tell me the story before it ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that to me is what it feels like. Like you're not allowing me to, enjoy it and to anticipate the ups and the downs of the story and that's where it's you're kind of, they're losing me with with this conversation especially about luke because i'm like man you know he's a great player he really is he's not perfect but he is a great player and i think 
he has to play and he has to learn and he has to win and he has to lose. And then you, he's going to evolve from what he is now. And I just think that this, this era and this time, it's making it hard for somebody like myself to just sit back and enjoy it. And maybe that's why I'm checking out a little bit. Maybe that's why it's getting so hard for me to sit through a full game instead of watching a nine minute set of highlights. Yeah. You know, so it, it concerns me a little bit, you know, but it is what it is, I guess, you know, and he is amazing. He, is. he definitely is amazing, you know, but I have the things that I look at that I think are flaws. And a lot of it has to do with how long he's holding the ball and how slow everything gets. To me, the only way Dallas can win is if they get an early lead and then they kind of like milk it. Nah, you know what I mean? I know, <laughs> I may be tripping. You're going to have to. I'll say this. If that happens, they have to completely disband the Warriors for good. <laughs> you understand? Because now you've allowed a team to come back from 3-1 and 3-0. It'd be like a good story, like, like Jim, Curry's Jim legacy. Got to go out again, like he's got to get like a second technical or something. It's got to be a thing. I'm telling you, oh. like, for for the for the story, for the sake of the wrestling no. match and the commentators. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. But the guy is playing incredible. Like offensively, like all jokes aside, the guy offensively is because he has the ball in his hands so much. He he is a very dangerous player on the court. He could put up big numbers, and if those guys get hot, and if the Warriors get cold, you know what I mean? There's always a chance. If the Warriors get hot, there's just no chance. So yeah. if, you know, things happen, they make some adjustments, and they take them out of their rhythm, they got a shot. They just have a shot, you know what I mean? So I think if they play game by game, with that guy, if he's locked in, really locked in, I think they have a chance, you know. But it's not in real life, yeah. Because right now, it just looks like the Warriors do look like the NBA champions right now. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, man, I I I, I do get you from from the beginning because it doesn't it doesn't nothing feels like must see TV right now when it comes to. These these NBA matchups. From yeah, for me, for me personally, it, it might be for other people, but I it's it's not. I gotta I gotta catch this game right now. It's not that. So yeah, yeah, you know, and I, and I mean again, the first round, it, it seemed more intense. It seemed like it was more personal in some of those those matchups. You know, like yeah. Minnesota and Memphis was real. Yeah, 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 yeah that was a thing. You could tell. Like that was real. Those are real games. Those are real battles. Yeah. You know, like they were really good. Like, so when I sit back and I'm watching right now, there's not even as much emotion. There's not even as much intensity. It's almost like everybody's kind of just, the wind has been knocked out of their sails and nobody wants to touch anyone anymore. Like, you know, we had the breaking of the code conversation and, flagrant fouls and all of that so it's almost like everything's softened up everything is kind of just gotten to a point where everyone's just going through the motions 
and it really is just a shootout. And if you make shots, you win. And if you miss shots, you lose. And, you know, for teams like Boston and Miami, that's tough because they hang their hat on defense. So now if the refs are kind of nitpicking at them and how the how they're touching and, 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 and guarding each other, now you've taken away an element that can even the playing field and really make the games as, as close as they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you, you know. did you see that dunk that Wiggins did on um Doncic? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I seen it. it and, just, and just to sort of prove your point, I seen it. And my reaction when I seen it was I wonder what else is on. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like I'm like it's a good dunk. I'm just like meh, you know. Yeah, I get. No, it. no, no. Yeah, for me, for me again, it's it's the good guy, bad guy thing. Like, it made me say, "Damn right," you know what I mean? Because again, you can't just anoint people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you gotta, you gotta take it. So, if I'm Wiggins, that's exactly what I'm looking to do. Mm. I'm looking, I'm looking to to baptize that guy. I'm looking to put him on a poster with me and be in his nightmares because it's one thing if you can score a ball on one side of the floor, man, but you still have to come on the other side and play D2. And I've been in situations where I've played in games where guys have scored more points than me, but everyone walked away remembering what I did. Yeah. And that's how I feel about somebody like Luca in a situation where you have the full green light to the point that nobody eats until you eat. Mm. Nobody's allowed to do things without your permission. Almost it seems like he has the ball so long he can do what he wants. He gets as many attempts as he feels like. His numbers are great. So now I'm Wiggins, and you guys are telling me this guy's so amazing. I'm guarding him. But now I'm guard. Now he's guarding me, and I'm like, "But he can't stick me. He can't move his feet fast enough. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to actually try to stop me. So you know what? I'm gonna make his life very difficult. Now I'm gonna show guys that as much as he's coming at me, I'm coming at him. And then what's the if we if our numbers are comparable? Then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Then what? Because that's the difference. Like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, imagine if Clyde Drexler never had to guard Michael Jordan. I don't think you would have forgotten how great Clyde is then. You would think Clyde is one of the greatest shooting guards to ever touch a basketball, because he actually was. Mm -hmm. But because he had to guard and match up against Michael Jordan, you forgot. Yeah. Because Jordan overshadowed him. That's what being great is to compare people's numbers, but they don't actually match up. What is that? No, I don't, I don't understand that. That that's a whole different style of basketball than what I grew up with. I grew up with you match up with the guy that's in your position or the guy that they're talking about as the one better than you. Yeah. And you figure it out. You sort it out on the floor, back and forth possession after possession yeah 
So in a seven-game series, you guys play seven games. We're going to know who's who at the end of that seven games. So that's what I'm. That's why I don't feel like the playoffs is as exciting anymore because there's nothing personal. No. There's nothing personal. Everything is a business transaction almost now, the way that the game's seen. Guys don't battle. Guys don't get in the beat. That's why the whole Memphis and Golden State thing was kind of interesting when when thing got fouled, when, when Peyton Jr. got fouled or Peyton II got fouled and hurt his elbow because you're like, okay, so what's going to happen now? Yeah. It made, you, it made you pay more attention. You know, everything got hyper-focused and hyper-sensitive for a moment. Yeah. And we need those types of things. It shows how important you're taking things. You know what I mean? It's funny, actually. I was listening to a clip of Dante Jones. He he was um, sitting with Gilbert Arenas, mm-hmm. and I guess he was talking about his fouls against Kobe. Mm-hmm. Because I guess he must he must have tripped Kobe one time when the, when um, Denver was playing against the Lakers. Yeah, and he was trying to explain his reason because you know they're 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 dealing with him like he's a dirty player. Yeah, right. So he's trying to help people to understand his motives and just the context so that he doesn't go down as the guy that injured Kobe, tripped Kobe and did all these different types of things to somebody that we love, right? So yeah. he's trying to break it down. He's like, yo, Kobe elbowed me in my throat to play before that. Yeah. Right in my Adam's apple. You know, so I was frustrated. He went to cut. I couldn't get my hands on him. So I said, nah, bro. And I tripped it. You know, mm-hmm. it's the truth. It is what it is, but that's what I did. And he also was saying that he had to be overly physical with Kobe because that was the job that he was given. George Carl, Chauncey Billups, Kenyon Martin, all those guys were like, yo, your job is to not allow Kobe to just go wherever he wants. Yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta make him feel it. So there's another possession I guess where he ends up pushing Kobe in the back. He's like, yo, in my mind, I'm just thinking about getting ripped apart when I go back to the bench. I don't mean to do these things, but I'm damn near traumatized by what's what's happening when I sit down and these guys being in my ear about me being one of the guys that's supposed to be the tough guy on the team. And and it just made me think about, again, the difference in the NBA, you know, and just how – Sometimes the equalizer was toughness. Yeah. You know what I mean? The equalizer to a guy's brilliant skill and like with somebody like Luca. Like I was watching Wiggins guard Luca. Wiggins is trying to deny Luca. Luca ends up grabbing Wiggins' arm and then makes it seem like Wiggins is grabbing him. And then Luca goes to the line and gets two free throws. And I'm like, man, this guy is cold. You know what I mean? Even when. Wiggins pounded on it. Yeah. He grabbed his face like like Wiggins hit him in the face. Yeah. And they initially called it a, a an offensive foul until they looked at the tape. It's the European soccer move. Yeah. So I'm like, this guy is cold. You know what I mean? But it's so hard because I remember Patrick Beverly talking about Luca, and he's like, yo, the thing that makes Luca so difficult is that he's so physical 
but then he flops a lot at the same time. Yeah. So I'm like, damn. And then you have a soft NBA on top of it. So now how do you, how do you test somebody like Luca when he's designed to play in a physical environment, but you're not allowed to be physical. So now it's, it's impossible because he's making contact with you. He's hitting you. He's working the refs. He's flopping. He's doing everything. (laughs) And you can't even, and you can't even touch chest with him without getting a whistleblower. That's tough, man. You know, like you, you bring up an interesting point with the Dante Jones thing. And I think watching that old NBA, I got the idea that there were more guys that were brought in as specialists for specific reasons. You know what I mean? So you're in the Western Conference. You needed a certain type of wing player who's the type of defender to guard a Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like, you just, you're here for this reason. You know, like, mm-hmm. you start to get a big or, or a tall, lankier, tough type of guard in the 90s because your job is to guard Michael Jordan. You got these big, strong, powerful, you know, 300-pound, 270 type of centers <laughs> because it's like, we need you for six fouls against Shaq. That's mm-hmm. it. We just need you for six six fouls. You got six yep. good ones in you. You know what I mean? And that's what D- Dante Jones was saying, that they told him, you get a flagrant, we're paying the, the fine. Don't of, worry. Of course, yeah. You, you had the Ruben Pattersons. You had these type of guys that were there. You had um, well, my man from Phoenix. Uh, Raja Bell. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you had guys that were just... like You're here specifically, Bruce Bowen. Like, you're here specifically to deal with that thing over there. The NBA doesn't have... It doesn't really have that. Not right now. You have guys that hang their hat on defense, like the Marcus Smarts and um, Lou Dort and Mm -hmm. Matisse Thibault. Like, those guys are few and far between, in in my opinion, in, in today's NBA. But they're not specialists that are designed for specific type of players or specific guys. They're just guys who hang their head on defense. So that's where the league to me is like, we'll just live and die with whatever Luka does. We'll live and die Mm -hmm. with, you get 35 and 14. We're going to have to live with it. You know what I mean? Maybe he has an off night and he goes 27. That's just the way the league is. There was guys before that were like, nah, do not let him get to this. And then you see yeah. the fact that these guys were going out of their way to try to stop a Kobe Bryant, and they just couldn't do anything. Yeah, and then exactly. that's what and made it. Different. That's what made it really interesting, rather than, yeah, we know we're gonna, we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> or we're gonna let, or we're just gonna let him go off, and then just focus on guarding everybody else. Yeah, you like I mean? it's 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 crazy to think that you're gonna just sit back and watch a guy score 50 on you because he's good and you know he's good so we're not even going to bother trying to make it hard for him mm-hmm. like it's 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 just the easy way out even even the last game Dallas versus uh the Warriors they just sat and they just sat in a zone and just allowed these guys to just carve them up yeah and i'm like what is this like this is the NBA, guys. Like, this is the NBA. Yeah. You guys are the best of the best. Why are you in a zone? 
Why is it that you cannot match up man-to-man with the people on the floor, on the other team, and be able to hold your own? What, Or is it that you just are trying to conserve energy and you don't really want to have to run around like that? Because I'm, and, and it's what's killing the game again. Like, all of these gimmick defenses. You know, it's one thing in high school or college, but in the professional ranks, you expect these guys to hold their own and to match up and man up against the people that they're going at. Like, so I'm watching these games and I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, there's nobody that's being held accountable for nothing. I don't even know who's guarding who anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy to me. So that you don't even pay attention to the effort that's being put. You're just like, oh, okay, it went in, oh, or it missed. Not, yo, good D, he stripped the ball, or he actually blocked. That's why the Brooklyn and and Boston series was so interesting, because you watched Boston really tighten up on Brooklyn. Yeah, they beat the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah, on both sides of the floor, and that was a real dominant win like that's what you're looking for you want to see someone exert dominance yeah not just go through the motions and then pat each other on the back and say yeah man that was a great one yeah yeah but you know what i mean but to go back to your point where you're talking about them sitting in these zones and who's guarding who when you're watching today's nba you're noticing that they're, they're really sometimes like i look at the games i'm like are they running some sort of there's no offense being run, right? Like they're just saying you make the de- <laughs> like you make the decision. Like they like Dallas is yeah. looking at Luca like you know, you figure it out. You quarterback this yeah. thing. But there's no like right. there's no offense being run. So what would end up yeah. happening is let's say in a hypothetical situation, Luca gets the ball and Draymond's guarding him. And let's say Draymond is the ideal defender Steve Kerr put on Draymond for that game. I put on um, Luca for that game. All mm-hmm. that's going to happen, because there's no offense being run, is Luca is going to force a switch. Yep. You know what I mean? Because there's no yeah. offense being run. He's going to find the guy, okay, I want, I want Steph. So it's going to be a small setting a screen for him off of Draymond, and then he's going to ISO that. Now it's Steph guarding him. Right now, you're gonna clear out the guard that now Draymond's guarding, and then it's gonna be a one-on-one situation with Steph. So I guess in Phoenix's logic is like, if he's just gonna continue to keep forcing a switch, screw it. You know what I mean? Zone it. Just the Warriors logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because because again, there's no offense, there's no movement, there's no anything. I if you're asking me what I think the NBA should do. Is like, I don't like maybe speed the game up a little bit, maybe a twenty yeah. second shot clock at this point. Just the way the game is played because it's so methodical, it's so slow, and because you could force these situations. So now you're gonna get it, and he's gonna have the ball with seven seconds to go in a one on one iso iso type situation, and then he's yeah. gonna get fouled anyways and end up at the foul line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why I guess. For me, watching Luca play is kind of hard for me because it does get boring. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really, it gets boring, man. Like, it gets slow and it just becomes, 
like this game of just, I'm going to back you down. I'm going to just kind of use my weight on you. And then I'm going to try and up fake you maybe, or I will do a step back and shoot it on you. And it's like, it's great. It's going in. Mm-hmm. You're getting to the line, all of it, all of it. Yeah. From on paper, it's extremely effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for me and for my eyes, and the way that I process things, I'm bored to death. I'm like, yo, this sucks. Warriors, speed this up. And the second that they do, the game gets out of hand. Because nobody on the other team is used to playing at that speed when they're on the other end, almost yawning at times, waiting to figure out if the ball might come their way. And again, it's like, Luca, I can't, I can't say that you're not a great player, but it is very difficult to watch and I don't see it translate. Like I can't see them beating the Warriors three more games in a row. Like everything will have to go perfect for them to pull it off because everything revolves around one guy. That can happen. He's going to have to do, he's going to have to play amazing boy. Um, you know, he because said he's the new LeBron. I, I, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and and the point is, it's just like we watched how this thing is played out with James Harden. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's had astronomical numbers. And now everyone's looking at him like he's a shell of himself and nobody could even believe he could have ever done some of the things he was doing. The NBA is a but hard league, bro. It is. It is, man. It really is. And And the point is, is I got faith in the game and I got faith in the fact that you know, part of making it to the NBA was that it was the supreme athletes that got there. It wasn't just the most skilled players. There's tons and tons of skilled players all over the world, in leagues in Europe, all over. And yet, to get into the NBA and to stay there and to thrive there, you had to have everything. You had to be skilled, you had to be smart, and you had to be one of the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah. So to me... I still believe that that reigns supreme. And it was funny because I was listening to Iman Shumford talking about this Luka-LeBron comparison. He's like, I guess if you're talking about marketability, maybe, or like just the straight numbers, but if you watch LeBron James in year three or year four, run back and forth with a basketball in his hand, there's no comparison. It's not even... What are we even discussing here? No. You know? So, at the end of the day, that's why when I'm watching Wiggins match up with him, I'm like, exactly. I don't I don't get this. Like, how, how exactly are you going to guard me if I'm Wiggins? And I'm going to do exactly what Wiggins did. I'm going to target you. I'm going to expose you. I'm going to do what Chris Paul did get all these switches as well. Like, because you got to show the weaknesses of somebody if you're going to praise them and show all their strengths. And right now, this guy needs to get in shape, man. Yeah. And he needs to play a little faster. But 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 I think Luca's smart because the NBA lives off of the fact that these guys don't adjust well. This league isn't... There isn't an, there's there isn't a whole lot of adjustments being made. The first time 
in a long while that I've ever seen somebody make adjustments in the NBA playoffs was when the Raptors won. Like, Nick Nurse was the only person that I've ever seen, like, screw this. Boxing one on Steph Curry. <laughs> Boxing one. You know what I mean? You're not just going to let him run around and shoot the way you want. Nah. We're going to put a man on him and follow him around everywhere he goes, even to the bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how we're going to run this. Or, you know what? Let's do this against Giannis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Adjustments being made. These guys don't make a lot of adjustments. They sort of live and die with what their credo is. Whatever their thing is, they're going to live and die with it. So if you're saying, okay, let's put him in the same situations he puts us in, they would have to change something. Are they willing to? Nah. They're going to live and die with what they felt worked to get them there, and maybe the, maybe their shooting woes would stop for that moment. That's, what, that's where I think these guys think. Because you see them a lot of times when these guys will shoot and miss as a team 35 threes in a game. Like, you've already missed 35 threes, bro. You think <laughs> now is the time to stop? Nah. These guys are going to finish the game missing 46 threes. And you're like, come on, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you know, shooter shoot. Shooter yeah. shoot. That's that's what you hear. So these guys aren't in the in the mindset of stopping that kind of stuff. They're not. They're just going to continue down the same pattern, the same road. You can't teach yeah. an old dog new tricks. That's exactly how I see a lot of times these guys going about the way they, they do this stuff. It's just mm. madness a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something to watch, man. But just again to reiterate, there's no way I can see Dallas beating Golden State three more times. That's me. probably not going to happen. Could we need, I, I need something. You know what I mean? The, the fans yeah. need something. They're falling asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? They need yeah. something. Something interesting. You know what I mean? Something no one's ever seen before. That's what I want to see. There's nothing, nothing right now is getting people excited. Right now, I'm watching game four, game five of the Boston-Miami game. And Miami's currently losing 51-55 to 55 in Miami. Okay. And so I'm looking at it. I'm saying... It's the first time it's a close game because, again, these guys will not stop shooting threes. I have no idea why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Both teams yeah. can't make a shot from three-point, but that's not going to stop them. I, I I swear to God, I'm watching this game right now. There's four minutes. There's, there's about just under five minutes to go in the third quarter, right? It's 51-55. In the third quarter, eh? Right. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this. Boston in this quarter is currently one for two from the three, right? Mm-hmm. Miami's one for 12. Wow. I just watched a possession where Miami missed four straight threes because they kept grabbing the offensive <laughs> rebound, right? Yeah, and on top of that, two of the threes was Oladipo missing the rim twice and hitting oh, the opposite good. side backboard the exact same spot. Oh, you know what I mean? Like this, I, give me an up fake and go to the rim. Give me something. Please? There's nothing <laughs> here. Like these people will not stop. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So you think of the NBA right now, you're like. 
Luca, the one thing I give the guy credit for, and we've talked about this, just based on his antics, the guy is smart. Yeah, very man. cerebral type of player. He yeah. understands <laughs> these guys will not stop doing what they're doing. They will not. If they're hot, get out of their way. If they're not, they're just going to continue to keep doing it. <laughs> you know just go I mean? down with the ship. That's yeah, exactly man. how it is, man. That's exactly how it is. So. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just the league right now. You know what I mean. So eventually, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, maybe, maybe Miami will start knocking down some of these threes. Basically, but it's but it's but, like playing the lotto. <laughs> you could yeah. win. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's probably unlikely at this point, but you know what I mean. If you if yeah. you don't play. You know what I mean? You can't win. So they're looking at it like if we don't hit these shots, well, we're not going to win anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And just shoot them up. Shoot them up. You know? And Shooters shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Again, the league is the league. You know, it, it, it has its phases. It has its moments. Um, of course, there's a marketing strategy there. You know, I think Anybody that really loves basketball and goes outside and goes to a gym, goes to a park, you see everybody tossing threes up now. Guys that have absolutely no business trying to shoot threes. I even, it's funny, <laughs> we were in a house league. We we're doing um, some coaching in this house league. And these are, you know, 16 and 17 year old young men, you know, and they're playing. Most of them are not playing. You know, most of them don't practice. Most of them, you can just see it. Yeah. So, but they're in, they're playing and everybody is looking for the line. You know, <laughs> everybody ever look like it's hilarious. So, you know, one of the, one of the staff, one of the coaches said, all right, look, for every air ball that you guys shoot, you're running, you're running a suicide. Mm just to deter some of them from shooting them. You know what I mean? Because it was just so atrocious. And I think in just that one little game, I think they ended up with having six suicides. Again, for every air ball. Yeah. Not for every miss. You know what I mean? Like, it was just horrible. And I'm like, what's going on here? These guys don't. Even like they they really don't understand basketball anymore. Like I I really it was at the point now it's at the point now where I would honestly say to a young person who wants to become a great basketball player that it's not the NBA that's going to help you to develop that type of ability and understanding because the NBA is not built the way basketball really has to be ran anymore. Yeah. Like real basketball does involve plays. It does involve situations. It does involve that you're able to score from a variety of places in a, in a variety of ways. You know, like, they're, they're, for instance, Tim Duncan made a living off of shooting off the backboard. Yeah. A living yeah. off of that. And most of these young players have never seen anyone shoot off the backboard. No. Let alone have tried themselves. 
right? Like, just the most simple thing. Like, most of these guys are not developing properly because they're not seeing it, right? Like, if you, that's how we learn. We learn from watching the game. Yeah. Now, now, if I was to tell a young kid who's brand new to basketball and I put him in front of an NBA game and, and let him watch it, he wouldn't walk away with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For the most part, he would be inspired to shoot as, from as far as possible. But even the shot selection, like, again, the Warriors, for instance, great, great shooters, the greatest of shooters. But they're hard to, those are hard to repeat. Yeah. Like, some of the shots those guys are making are not easy shots. Like, you have to have a degree of skill that these kids don't understand because they're not seeing the other pieces that lead up to it. So now these guys are trying to do it and it looks horrible and they never figure it out because they never learn the discipline. It's like now you need someone to help you directly. You need an uncle, you need your dad, you need somebody to break this stuff down to you because the product that is being shown on television is just, it's it's lopsided. You're not seeing the full spectrum of the game, and even if it's out there, it's not being highlighted, so you don't even notice it. Yeah, like you know, so like if I, I I look at the game and I say there are always parts of the game where I guess if you're a player, you're like, okay, this is where you can rest, or this is where you could exert energy, this is where you can sort of save it, or this is where you can exert a little bit more energy. When I see people shooting threes, I think it's the laziest thing you can do in a game. <laughs> to be perfect, like to be perfectly honest with you, there's a little bit more energy needed to get into the lane and lay a ball up. There's just more energy needed to do that. To shoot a three, yeah, like there's, there's, there's you're not exerting yeah, as yeah. much energy to shoot a three. So it's almost like you're saving yourself because you never really have to play the game. To its full extent. You never... A lot of these kids I watch the games that they play in, like, they, they've never expended... They've never been spent on the court. They've never been tired. They've never yeah. got to that point because they're constantly saving themselves. And the, and the way that they're saving themselves is offensively, they're going to stand around to be able to shoot a three. If they don't have the ball, they're going to run to the three-point line and wait to get it. And if they don't get it, then it you know, so be it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking at kids like, does nobody want an offensive rebound? Does nobody? Right. Want, where the hustle plays? Where where is this stuff? It's it's few and far between. And then you watch these other guys. It's like, okay, he's gonna bring the ball up. Okay, I'm giving. I'm gonna give you that shot. <laughs> I'm not even gonna guard you. I'm gonna give you that shot. And the guys oh, like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll take it. And then the guys like, oh, well, I'm gonna give you that shot. It's just. Did you ever, yeah, you ever seen that lazy. clip of like there's like a there's like a little little league game that's taking place probably in the states and these guys go back and forth of shooting course. threes to the point where they start shooting half court shots? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Like, I'm like, yeah, this this is this is what they believe the game of basketball has become. And I don't uh, blame them. Boston yeah. right now is six for twenty two and Miami is five for thirty three. <laughs> but think, but think about that. But think about that from what it actually looks like visually, right? Like 
nobody's going to the paint. There's very little cut. You know what I mean? There's very little cutting taking place because again, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm one of these coaches in this house league who's trying to help these kids understand the game. So I'm yelling the instructions to them while they're playing to help them. I'm like, cut, move, spacing. You know, like I'm always in their ear trying to help them understand where to be, how to create opportunities, etc. But I can't blame them for not thinking that all those things matter because when they watch these games, that's not what you see. Again, I think there's a, there's a reason I root for Golden State at the very least, and it's because there's the actual... But yet, <laughs> if you really watch it, there's more passing and cutting going on with the Golden State Warriors than any team in the league. But they're not seeing that part. <laughs> That's the <laughs> These kids, they're not seeing that part. That's what's sad about it. They're not seeing all of the movement taking place. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not. Yeah. You know what? If you, I want you to say, I want you to ask one kid. You know what I mean? Have you ever watched the Golden State Warriors game and seen a backdoor cut that led to a layup? Because there's a lot of that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. I guarantee you none of none of these kids have ever seen that take place. They don't even, you know what I mean? They don't think that's happening. And I'm mm. like, the amount of energy Steph Curry's expending on the court running, I haven't I haven't seen that since like a Reggie Ray Allen type, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's exactly. moving, constant moving. There's no standing around. When you watch everybody else in the league, you see a level of Yeah, I'm chilling right now till I get the ball. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's what James Harden has become known for almost offensively. When I don't have the ball, I'm chilling. I when I get yeah. it, I'm going to give you the, the through the legs. I'm going to give you the double step back. I'm going to give you the double step back hezzy into another step back. You know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to give you the whole world. You know what I mean? Like that's when I'm going to give it to you. Like that. When I don't have the ball, I'm going to wait till I get the ball. <laughs> so. Uh, that's what these yeah. kids are, are seeing. So they don't see the the Warriors, um, the the movement. And I guess because yeah. it's, it's it's a highlight reel type of situation, and we watch the end result of Steph Curry making the basket. But exactly. yeah, like they're exactly. they're kind of the blame for what we're seeing now because they do make these threes, and and that's where a lot of their highlights come from. And then that, that's what that's, the kids are emulating. But it's like. It's a false image of the game. They're being, they're almost, they're, they're being lied to. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you mean, and and it's it, it, it it's a gift and a curse that they're so good at shooting those threes that that's what you see. Just like Michael Jordan was so great at dunking that that's what you saw you saw as well. Mm-hmm. But you didn't realize all the other pieces to the puzzle that got him in the position that he was in, and. Of course, with the Warriors, you're you're gonna see that as well. But at least you're seeing people touching the ball. You're seeing the ball move. You're seeing guys flipping screens. You're seeing big to big passing. You're seeing a lot of things happen. There's a lot of action going on. That's why KD wanted out because it didn't allow him to have the ball stick with him for a while. Mm. Their offense, it's like move it, move it, keep moving it. 
it just so happens that their star players are great finishers. So once it touches their hands, it is what it is. And I just think it, it's to be highlighted. I think it's just for the people that understand to highlight those things. But again, if you don't watch them, everything else is exactly what you're saying, where guys are just standing around watching one guy cook and then they shoot a long distance shot. Nobody crashes the boards really. Mm-hmm. Or if anything, one guy crashes the boards and it will be the big guy maybe. You know what I mean? But other than that, everyone's already going back the other way. Mm-hmm. Taking turns. Guys are already, like, you know what I mean? Guys are not even finishing running up the floor half the time. Yeah. So it is what it is. Like, that, that's the not-so-pretty sides of the game. There are beautiful sides. There are the interesting, you know, dialogue sides of the game too. But I don't know, man. I just I, I'm I'm looking for I guess the 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 light at the end of the tunnel of this. Like, what's the evolution of what we're looking at right now? You know, is it a mix? You know what I mean? Is it is it because I just think it's funny. I was having a conversation about the Warriors and about the Lakers even. And I was saying, you know, like, LeBron's a lot to to blame for what's going on with the Lakers, obviously. You know, mm. just the lack of patience. Because I'm like, well, more so in the lack of patience side of it, right? Because mm. they had the assets. They had guys. AD was going to come anyway. Yeah. And they could have still had Ingram. They could have still had Lonzo Ball. And even Kuzma still would have been a great asset to have. Yeah. And had they... Knicks and Carmelo. But yeah, go on. Yeah, and had they just waited a year the same way that the Warriors just had a down season. Yep. Yeah. Let the young players keep growing another year. Yeah. Everybody gets healthy, and then now we, we're at the top of the uh, of the mountain again. Like, that's what it should have been yep. for LA. But the impatience forced people's hands, and then now you lost assets and you gained pieces that just didn't fit so you know you sit back and you watch these situations and you're like damn you know the Warriors are like the Spurs Mm -hmm. you know like they have they have a philosophy of how they want their offense to look how they want their team to be designed so that when they're drafting players when they're when they're trading for players they understand the type of player that they're looking for. And I think with a lot of these teams in the NBA, the thing that's missing is there's no vision for the team itself. There's no, there's no identity that you're trying to, to, to build. You know what I mean? There's no, yeah, there's no style of play. There's no, there's because each style can win. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not that the Warriors is the only way that you can win it win a championship in the NBA, that's just their their general manager's understanding that we have these superstar shooters, so let's build an offense that highlights that. You know, and I think for the other teams in the league, they're going to have to look at the personnel they have and start figuring out ways to build a culture and a style of play that fits their type of team and the players that they have instead of trying to copy what another organization has going for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what's killing the league right now. It's too much copycat style of running a team. Yeah. 
So now I'm trying to outdo you at what you do instead of trying to figure out what I do and then beat you at that game. And that's what I think even in the personal matchups, like if I was Wiggins playing against Luca, I'm going to look for how I can use my advantage on him. And then it's a game now. And who can outlast who? And who impacts winning the most? And then we judge it from that. So I just think these teams in the league have to start to really spend some time and start thinking about how they can innovate and take what they have and kind of morph it into a new version that, yes, you incorporate shooting, but there's some other things here that can win. I think that's why Boston even made it as far as they have because they kind of said, hey, you know, we got some guys that if we just played actual defense with a little bit of effort, we could actually be good. And we got a tough point guard in Marcus Smart who can – lead that charge you know what i mean yeah so i just think it's vision i think it's a philosophy yeah you know and all that stuff takes patience you know like the lakers have dug themselves into a hole right now where no one wants to coach them (laughs) like (laughs) if you have something better to do you're like nah i'm not going over there you crazy you know right (laughs) like like there's there's because there's no upside to it very little upside to it. Nobody, nobody wants to touch that. Yeah. If you're just a yeah. guy who needs a job, sure, you know. But if you're if you're that organization, you, if you're saying I want the best of the best, the best of the best don't want to go there. The best no. of the best aren't even thinking about that. There's other jobs that seem way more inviting, you know, for for you to go over there and actually do something. So, yeah, it a lot a lot of patience is needed. And I, and I remember the Lakers saying that. Well, the commentators say you can't waste LeBron James's years. Mm. So that's why you had to move as quickly as you did because you, you you didn't have time to waste. And it's like, come on. Like, what are you guys thinking of? Like, <laughs> if you're thinking about it logically, if you're saying we don't have time to waste with him, you're like, well, how many years does he have? And if you're saying, okay, he only has maybe three or four good years, and you're like, you're going to mortgage your future for three or four years? That doesn't make really? any sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't work out, then you're screwed. And it doesn't look like it's working out now. So it's like, yeah, you got one ring, but you're going to be in the basement of the NBA now for six years as a result of this. It doesn't make any sense. So, But it was funny because my young boy I was talking to about it, he was like, but look at LeBron's numbers. Like, he's balling. You know what I mean? He showed me it was 38 and 6. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you, you know, like, have we ever put this much expectations on a guy that, that that's that age and expected him to have those type of numbers? And LeBron was balling this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was his point of view. Because he was mentioning it because of the whole all-NBA team and how um, Braun wasn't first team, but his numbers were better than, like, Jason Tatum's or whatever. Okay. And I was like, yeah, but his team didn't make it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? It didn't even make the play. And, like, there's a lot of guys that have numbers that aren't a reflection of what actually is taking place right now. You know what I mean? So, of course, LeBron ain't at the bottom of the, uh, bottom of this whole thing, but 
he definitely didn't play like a first team guy this year. You know what I mean? In terms of impacting winning and culture and all those things that really matter when it comes to the NBA and success in the NBA. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a very interesting disconnect that's taking place. And I don't know. I, I think back to the wrestling kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a movie coming out recently. I just seen the trailer for it um, with Adam Sandler in it, mm-hmm. and I think the movie was called Hustle. Mm-hmm. I've seen Anthony Edwards in it. I'm seeing all these yeah. guys in it. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I, they must have paid a lot of money to get these guys in the in the in this movie. And then the man looked at me and said, yo, LeBron's the executive producer, like the director. I was like, oh snap. <laughs> <laughs> Like Bron's really venturing out, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he's really, he's really, he's really serious about these other projects right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and I'm like, is that? Of course, LeBron's gonna do what LeBron does. Like he's gonna give you twenty six, seven, eight, thirty of any given season. You know what I mean? He'll be 40 and could still do it, especially in the type of NBA that we have now mm-hmm. where it's not so physical. But, like, you know, like the laser focus, the attention to detail, you know, the leading by example, all of those things, I'm just like, is he, is he here still? You know, especially when you're talking about wasting years and whatnot. Like, the fact that you're thinking about it that much instead of just being in the moment is what's concerning. You know what I mean? Like, I rate a man who plays with the chips that he has. Mm -hmm. I think there's been many people who've built great legacies overcoming odds. Mm -hmm. And I don't see a problem with that. I don't see, I don't, especially if you've already gotten rings, like, Show me what you got. You know what I mean? Show me the type of man you are. Show me the type of leader you are. That's another way of showing how great you can be, right? So, and it makes it interesting, even in a losing effort. Again, we watch movies like 300. Yeah. Where the soldiers lose in the end, but you're inspired by the effort. You're inspired by the fight that they got inside of them. Yeah. So, I, I think, you just can't underestimate that. And I, and I hope that these superstar players understand that and, and that the people let them know that that's how they feel too so that these guys don't feel pressured to just chase after these situations that could lead them to championships because it makes it boring and dull and it makes it, you know, before you know it, you're watching eSports. You're watching a kid play 2K instead. You know what I mean? And, I don't know. It feels like it can. It feels like the league is about to start running into that kind of situation where people are more interested in the, the other stuff instead of the game. Yeah, and that will be a tragedy, in my opinion, because it's such a beautiful game, and these guys have so much talent, man. Yeah, yeah, they're playing. It's they're, they're, it's dangerous what they're doing, you know. But I guess getting people interested in other things, yeah, just. Boston's yeah. up by 20 now. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> 20. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they hit a couple of threes. 
Yeah, they they got a couple more than than Miami did, but <laughs> but yeah, like and Miami's now five from what thirty eight from the from the. Oh Florida my man. gosh, they, man! They won't listen. They won't <laughs> stop. And those of you like that, you're gonna be you're gonna be listening to this obviously after the after this game is played, but I'm telling you when you when you go back and look at this game, you're gonna be like, yeah, what what is the matter with these? These guys have sixty points in the fourth, man. Ice cold, buddy. Like this is rough. Like again and and again, they're coming back down the floor right now. Let me see. Bam has the ball. Okay. Yeah, he's going to the line. Finally, you know what I mean? Something, Thank you. something that makes some sort of sense. You know what, actually, that you say that? I think Bam Adebayo has, could be a real monster if he understood what he could be, you know. I see, when I, was, I watched Bam get the rebound and push the rock like a point guard. Yeah, yeah. I seen him in and out, crossover. Like he looked like a straight wing, and I was like, "Wait a second, here. does he not realize that that's his advantage, his agility and his ball handling skill?" Mm-hmm. Like, I look at him like he could be a Draymond Green on steroids. Why are they not making him bring the ball up the floor? They treat him like a hustle guy. Yeah, I'm like, yo, are you guys crazy? The same way Giannis brings the ball up the floor, Bam could do the same thing. Yeah. I think we had some technical difficulties there. Hold on, let me get. Yeah. Yeah, we lost you there. But I think that guy has the skill set to really be unstoppable. And I think the same way Draymond Green is, is initiating the offense, I think Bam has that type of skill. And I think Miami just hasn't tapped into that yet. Yeah. Like, he really, really is agile, man. He can move. He can handle the ball. He has a lot of potential that they're not utilizing right now. But I was watching, I was like, holy smokes, this guy really moves. Like, he doesn't even look like he's a big no. no, like, but it is what it is. Yeah, they use him like he's just a hustle guy to just finish the little buckets around the rim, and that's it. But I'm like, man, you guys don't even realize what you got in that guy, man. He could be a really serious problem. And speaking of Miami too, the other person, I was like, yo, this is your moment. This is the moment where you can have a real opportunity to show the world what you still have left, and that's Victor Oladipo, man. Yeah. Like, the last game, I was watching a bit of it when when they were losing to Boston and to smashing, as all these games have been. And, you know, I think Jimmy had gotten hurt or something or he was out. And I was watching this, and I'm like, yo, all the people, this is your moment right now. Yeah. Especially because they're down. So I'm like, all you got to do is just ring off 10 to 12 in a row really quickly. Mm. Get the team back in the game and you'll be showing the whole world what you still got left. But I think he's fallen victim to the same thing of just settling for threes now. Yeah. And it's sad because I'm like, this guy was one of the most athletic slashers since Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. 
And now he just is kind of trying to be a spot up shooter like everybody else. And I'm like, this is not your advantage, brother. Like you have the ability to get to the rim. It's, it might not be as quick. You might not catch up immediately, but you're going to chip away. You're going to build momentum. You're going to inspire your teammates. Why is that not something that you're trying to do? Like, you don't have to shoot a bunch of threes. Go to the rim. Try to dunk on someone. Yeah. Create opportunities for your teammates. Like, I remember once upon a time, kids, the thing that got the crowd going was somebody getting dunked on. Yeah. Not a three. So, and it still works. It still works. There's nothing more demoralizing than dunking on the center on the other team. Yeah, that's true. That's still always the number one crowd enthusiast. You know what I mean? That's either going to make the crowd go crazy or it's going to make the crowd stop talking. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Depending <laughs> on if you're playing at home or away. So that 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 right there is what changes the momentums of games. You know what I mean? Absolutely, but, man. But before we go, I did want to ask you one thing. There's a conspiracy mm. theory floating around after game one of this series. Okay. You heard it? No. Jimmy Butler's Michael Jordan's son? Oh. <laughs> uh, yo, I've had one or two people seriously try to present that to me. I'm not going to. I have not too much of a comment on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's a no win. It's a no win situation. You know what I mean? It seems like a reach. Yeah. Listen, if if it's true, if it's true, I wouldn't even want to talk about it because that's a lot of trauma right there. You know what I mean? That's a lot of, that's a lot of trauma, brother. Like, I think he had a Jordan deal, didn't he? Might have crazy, right? (laughs) <laughs> Might have. I'm not so sure, but that's a, that 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 would be because no, I'm not even gonna touch it. It's just that that it's funny and it needs to stay in that category. Because if it was anything close to being true, there'd be all kinds of questions and answers that people would need to provide. And I think it could get really messy if that even could be true. So, but from the way that he plays and the heart that he has and the way that, you know, they kind of do the split screen of faces and yeah. try to show how their features are the same. Mm. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It's yeah. an entertaining yeah. thought, but, but in real life, I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to venture into that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that. One day we'd like to have Mike on, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't want Mike to hate you for life. And then, you can't get nowhere near him. You know what I mean? So one day we, we want to interview you, Mike. You know what I mean? All right. We'll leave that one right where it is then. You know? <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for this for this edition of uh, the Ballers Edition. Thank you for listening in. Like, tweet, reshare us. Send it to your friends and family. It's been a pleasure. Peace. Peace. Peace.